0: 10. Monday Night Raw. Oh, how I've missed ye! <laughs> how I've missed ye! It's been three weeks since I've done any sort of form of show. I was meant to be covering money in the bank, but thanks to a like a family I'm all this quickly, uh, due to a family emergency, I've ended up not reviewing Raw or anything WWE for three weeks. Finally, things settled down over the weekend, and I reviewed New Japan Pro Wrestling show at the Tokyo Dome, Tokyo Dome, and here I am talking about Monday Night Raw. As I normally say with a New Japan for Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom or a Tokyo Dome Show, and I come back to WWE, oh, the whiplash is real. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but fans! Fans are back! They're back! Hooray! So, so Raw's good now, yeah? 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> how is it still? Uh, anyway, hello welcome to the Wrestling Headlines Raw review. My name is Matt Mayer aka Imp and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for all your latest wrestling news. And today we'll be reviewing the July 26th 2021 episode of Monday Night Raw. Oh, it's a, uh, oh, it's it's a, uh, they all, oh, right, okay. So, the thing I... So, I didn't review War again for the, the past... I haven't done one of these for three weeks. So, that means I've missed the last two. I say missed. I did, like, watch them, but I didn't... I wasn't writing notes. I was preoccupied. So, you would say I wasn't paying 100% attention either. However, we get to the fan era, and I was just... I was watching the Thunderdome mirror I was like, right. I wouldn't be surprised if we get diddly squat until we get to the fans era, and in the fans era, there will be, like, direction for things. I want to hit the ground running in this fan era. However I definitely did the wrestling fan bubble thing. The thing that I know that I definitely did was I saw what AEW were doing and my reaction was they are on a hot streak right now creatively like product wise they are a hot product. You're seeing it in the going up in the ratings as well just as a nice sign that those who are watching aren't particularly leaving they are drawing in new fans as a company. And if they're able to consistently be over a million, that's, I, I don't think they will be this week because of the Olympics. This is a massive tangent. <laughs> but they are a hot product. And I just assumed Raw, I wrongly assumed that WWE would want to hit the ground running to completely try and guess, cut the legs off from underneath AEW by themselves putting on a good product. For me, as a fan, this is the best scenario (laughs) where both shows are putting on a great product to try and bring people in. However, then I watched Raw with fans, (laughs) and I was like, oh, so the reason that these shows haven't felt as hot, we were apparently told in the earnings reports and things, is once fans are back, we'll be able to build momentum, be able to go places to get rolling. Cool, two weeks in, Oh, it, it's, that momentum's gone, <laughs> it's all just gone. Oh dear. That realization that, oh yeah, like there was the Thunderdome era, it was obviously, fans being there makes this show infinitely more watchable. Without a doubt, it's not even close, not even in debate, infinitely more watchable. However, the actual creative hasn't shifted at all. It turns out the actual momentum of the kind of stories being told on the show isn't going to shift at all. It's identical. <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's like, oh, I mean, again, it's not as bad as it has been because there was a period where you could just, it didn't really matter if you watched at all. Now it's, it mostly doesn't matter because you've probably already seen it or that the beats have already been hit. It's not, it's changing every couple of weeks. There's no point in watching because <laughs> who knows what could be caught up with. It's not that case. I'm not getting that with this for all. I'm not getting that. It's just there's a lot of rematches. There's a lot of matches that don't really, def- don't really feel like they know what they're building to. Or, or this week especially, we saw that championship <laughs> contenders match, which uh, sounds like it might be a thing. When in reality, doesn't mean any. What, what does it mean? <laughs> just that. I is that for me the champions the Championship Contenders match, which was across the show, we got three of those in this night. All three of them were like they were booking ideas that they would do week to week anyway just with a name slapped on top of it to make it sound like it's an official thing, uh, there's stakes at play here, that these aren't meaningless matches, these are championship contenders matches where, unlike a number one contenders match where it's you versus another person and when it goes on, this is you versus the champion. And if you beat the champion, you can get a shot at that title. And immediately I'm like, how is that different <laughs> from every other match <laughs> where you book this every single week? I was like, oh my God, even Marie and Dujon versus the women's tag team champions like, oh, this is a championship contenders match as well where this, this, this scenario pops up. Like if they beat the champions, they could become contenders. And they're like, oh, boy. Is this different from when they faced them last week? <laughs> or when uh, was it Daniel booker and Mandy Rose before Mandy Rose went back to NXT for some reason? It's so, like, oh, is that, is that any different than when they faced them? <laughs> is, this, is it just a thing now for this week? And, yeah, that's, that's the thing that made me laugh is it's the exact same booking. It's not different at all, but it feels like... It senses that feeling that they need to put stakes on the show. Because Raw, as it was, was very skippable. So maybe it's an attempt to make it not skippable. But the best way to do that Is maybe change something a little bit closer to the core (laughs) rather than exact same booking just with a name slapped on top of a couple matches? (laughs) No, oh no. But anyway, the main part of this week's show, book ending the show, was the Raw Women's Championship. So positive that that in WWE isn't seen as an an abnormal thing. It's totally within the realms of just, it's just normal, it's accepted. That it doesn't feel like it's oh look at us doing this special thing where the women are main eventing. Like no, the women main event the show because they feel like they deservedly are in that role. Um, like Charlotte Flair for me, legit feels like the biggest star we we'll have, and I do mean that as a slight on the men's division because the more women's division is but like crap. <laughs> but the uh, Charlotte Flair feels like their biggest deal for me, and yes, that includes a lot of the kind of strong booking that she gets, the favourable booking to keep her in that strong position, but they're doing it with somebody, like <laughs> you have to, like with Roman Reigns over on Smackdown, the reason he one of the reasons he feels so hot is he's got that consistency, and uh, I guess case in point, Karrion Cross report was he was meant, initially meant to lose again, it's like, ah yes, because that's how you get over New acts is to beat, the, your first impression to be that they Lose, they're a loser. <laughs> like, go, go on. Uh, but yeah, it's the book end of the show. That's a positive. I'm just going to say that, and it's great. It's great that it's not like normal at all. It just, it's just a thing that can easily happen without you batting an eyelid as, oh, this is out, this is out the realm of normality. No, it's not. Yeah, women. Modern day WWE has absolutely nailed women could main event at any moment, and you don't think anything of it. because yes, they are main eventers on that level. They've done it. They've nailed it. Thumbs up. Now onto the rest of it. <laughs> the actual... The, and I guess the wrestlers themselves. Like, Nikki Cross herself is one of those people who just comes across as a genuinely great person that you are quite happy to see succeed. It's like, yeah, good on you. Good on you, Nikki. Your character doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> but good for you. It's, and when I say that, the raw women's division, is put like crap. I... Yeah, I'm not kidding. Like, throughout the Thunderdome era, it kind of... Um, a bit like Sasha Banks and Bailey in 2020 did an absolutely amazing job of just carrying like, both shows, really, never mind just the division, just both shows. And Asuka and Carrie Sane were incredible dance partners as well. And then we got to 2021 and SmackDown again, Sasha Banks, Bailey, they got Bianca Bella over there. There's a bit of weird repetition with a lot of segments that kind of feel flat, but there's substance over and more. Oh my days! <laughs> when they didn't have Charlotte Flair, that was when it was at its peak worst, where Asuka was champion, but didn't really have any contenders really, so it was just existing. She made like two defenses, and they were both against people who would never beat her, and they were both DQ and both DQ wins for Asuka. And they were both, like, parts of other people's feuds. So she was, like, nothing to do with it. I think it was, like, Lana and Alexa Bliss. For me, that's the absolute rock bottom that they hit during the Thunderdome era. Charlotte Flair came back. They put in some effort. Ray Ripley uh, came along as well after the Rumble. Or in time for WrestleMania. So there was something there. But overall, including the different segments that there are, the Raw Women's Division... I don't get what the booking is. (laughs) But as in, it screams, just make up a plan. Like, have a direction. Know where you're going with something here. And it's just floating about. The worst part is easily the tag team scene. The women's tag team scene is just endlessly spinning wheels, going nowhere. That is the division. (laughs) It's the absolute gutter. However... They at least put in some effort with the Raw Women's Championship, but maybe Charlotte Flair. And he got an awesome match between Asuka and Ray Ripley. And now Charlotte Flair and Ripley are building great chemistry. However, the division is so thin, and there's so nothing outside of these top contenders, that when Ripley and Charlotte Flair kind of exhausted going against each other, there is nobody else. The only one I could think of is Alexa Bliss, but... That's because she's a bigger name, not because she would slot in as a contender, because she wouldn't really. As in, the case in point, it's lovely for Becky, <laughs> she's getting those chants, but it proves the case in point. She's been gone for over a year now. It was money in the bank. It was at WrestleMania last year, so it's a year and three months since she was last on TV. And she is the most over person on the roster after not being seen for over a year. <laughs> Nobody else has gotten anywhere near her. Uh, apparently, Ripley's been received well at house shows, so that's quite a strong testament to her. But the, the women themselves, the wrestlers themselves, are really strong. This is the case across all of Raw, all of WWE, really. The wrestlers themselves are fantastic. That hoarding that talent, uh, for a couple of years ago as well, has stockpiled incredible talent to use. The wrestlers are really of a really high level. But none of that matters when what they are given and how they are produced is like this. Uh, so, the, to open the show, I did bookend it, we had Nikki A.S.H, almost a superhero, which I am so, I'm way too proud of what I used for the title of this video. I was, I was trying to think, what can I use for like A.S.H? Is there anything there? I was like, oh, this, this Roar's been pretty crap. And it just jumped at me, ah, Roar almost a shit house <laughs> and that's just uh, that's just it screams out to me because I feel like we're not rock bottom but I just wanted to get across that yeah it, it could be worse but Raw to me proof this week that they could almost be sh- completely shit <laughs> there at that point there's oh and that's a reference to a line Nikki Cross says late in the night but we opened up with the new Raw Women's Championship after the last week she cashed in money in the bank to become champion. And she uh, the crowd, I was told, was raucous. I was just told by commentary this was a raucous crowd. And they politely golf-clap with polite reactions to the new champion and her generic victory dialogue <laughs> before getting to her character line. It was like, it worked for me, it can work for you. We can all be almost superheroes. Q polite response to the goody, hey. And how much of it's pipes in? Don't know. Uh, apparently the response hasn't been that great. But if you got you deserve it, chance. But that means nothing. <laughs> that chant is empty now. <laughs> that is it's good fuel for the heels. A heel can point that out, and be like, oh, he's so right. He's such a good, such a good guy. That Miz. I think Miz has already done it, actually. <laughs> so, oh, MJ's fantastic pointing that out. It's so, like, yeah. It's some of the most blatant... <laughs> it's like, yeah, it means absolutely nothing to get that champ. Um, I mean, I mean, maybe to the rest of themselves, like, eh, it's good to hear that. Yeah, but when every new champion gets it, <laughs> it kind of loses its cool a bit. Uh, although, that said, the line, like this butterfly on my chest, the raw women's division is ready for a metamorphosis that might be <laughs> one of the crappiest lines I've ever heard. <laughs> and the crowd gave it nothing for a reason. Does it? Uh, like, I'm, because again, as soon as I thought, I had that thought, I was like, is that the crappiest line I've heard? No, Suffering Succotash is. Uh, in the recent era, Suffering Succotash still wins it because of how cool they thought it was. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> this was written in Nikki Cross's character, her, uh, almost a superhero thing, where she's talking about believing in herself it's just that none of this works when she's champion. The I like she like the whole thing with Charlotte Flair and her match just trying to prove. As you know, I'll go through. <laughs> I'm hitting the points. I want to be hitting after I've gone through this stuff. So, in the most predictable way, his entire opening was just. You didn't even have to watch it. You would know what happens. Aside from like specifically what was announced for later tonight, like. You could, it was just, it was blatantly there. You knew step for step what was going to happen. Nikki Ash comes out. Former champion Charlotte Flair comes out. Ray Ripley, who feels aggrieved by Charlotte Flair's actions, she comes out. The not general managers, the not authority, they come out and make a match for SummerSlam. Didn't even have to watch the segment. (laughs) You just see Nikki Ash walk out, you know what is going to happen. Beat for beat, that is exactly what happened. Uh, Charlotte Flair making the opening segment like, Actually something, because it felt pretty, I guess, uh whilst it was just Nikki Ash, especially to me, because I'm not digging the character, like, it's just not connecting with me at all. This is the Ricochet character that got booed with the slight, with the twist of the almost a super, with the, it's not like, Ricochet is a superhero, was that talk, but he was talking about the same believe in yourself stuff. It's just the slight twist is that it's the almost a superhero rather than the I am a superhero. Believe in yourself. It's I'm I'm almost a superhero. I'm going to, you can prove to yourself. So yeah, it's very very similar. As in the way that the lines are written is identical. <laughs> and Victoria one got booed out of the arena. I feel like there's a there's a bit more thing in Nikki Cross one because of how much it's apparently creative input she's getting. So it feels more genuine. But that doesn't mean the lines being written are. Any less crap, <laughs> it's still in that zone. Um, but anyway, yes, taking a claim to immediately challenge for the title again at Summerslam because that short period where they weren't doing re- rematches was a short period. Uh, watching her work, the crowd feels like an absolute revelation after all these months without them. Like even if this is like the the first baddie promo of the night and it's immediately a uh, you people, <laughs> it's just straight into genericness. Like I don't care. It's the wrestlers interacting with fans again compared to what I have been watching, what I have been reviewing. This just, I, about that point, I'm, it's not happened yet where I've gone over fans being back. I'm still getting that feeling of, oh, it's just so good having them back and watching the wrestlers interact with them, especially uh, Charlotte was great doing that stuff throughout the night. It's like, yeah, it's infinitely so much better show. And I'm, every time these interactions are happening, I are, the novelty's not worn off yet is what I'm trying to say. Then the next beat, as you, if you all predicted, Rey Ripley are minding us feuds don't end that easily in WWE. Uh, Nikki may be champion, but she's not the focus. She's a piece in two other folks never ending feud, which ties into the Asuka thing. She's the second champion within this year, within these 12 months. Was it Money in the Bank? It was Money in the Bank last year Asuka became champion. Like the second champion where yes, she's got the belt, But she's not the focus the other people are. She's essentially there as a, who was it? They're T-Bar and Mace for the Drew McIntyre-Bobby Lashley feud. They're Braun, no, (laughs) maybe Braun Strowman. Maybe let's not say T-Bar and Mace. (laughs) Nikki Nikki Ash is the Braun Strowman to the Drew McIntyre-Bobby Lashley feud. As in, we've ran this for months and we're going to keep running it. Therefore, we need to do something to make mix it up a little bit, so it's not continuously just one-on-one to make it feel like it's kind of different. That's one of my other pet peeves: WWE. They keep them wrestling each other, but make it slightly different. But of course, it's still kind of it's not as bad as one-on-one endlessly. But they're still facing each other. They're still in matches against each other. You got a whole roster. (laughs) You don't have to book them against each other consistently. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, not Authority came out, me, the triple threat for SummerSlam and Flair versus Cross for later in the night. And yay, new champion in whatever the opposite of a hot opener is. Just serving plot purpose in setting up a pay per view match, but as a show opening segment, like in itself, just generic. Welcome to Genericville, just beat by beat exactly what you would have thought no kind of jolt to open the show or momentum and it's even more jarring given how the, like, both the two live shows started this, uh, since the fans have come back with John Cena <laughs> with him there and Roman Reigns opened the first Smackdown it all felt like, it were like openings that have just jolted the show into momentum this is whatever the opposite is and in terms of me kind of talking about the women's division I said this exact thing in my last review the last time I did one of these reviews three weeks ago I talked about Charlotte Flair and Ray Ripley doing their kind of like the authority coming out and making a match. I think it was, it must've been the setup for Money in the Bank. So the authority came out and they kind of, they made the match and it was beat for beat. And my takeaway from it was like, what was the character here? Just, this was all serving plot, all of these beats here specifically set up plot. And there was no uniqueness to the segment whatsoever. At least the Nikki Ash character got her stuff in beforehand, at least there were fans there to play off of, so it had a bit of uniqueness there. But in terms of the actual like writing of this segment, the cre- the creative part to it, exact same criticism. <laughs> I have missed two weeks of shows. I come back, the first segment is something that I, like for word for word, I could copy and paste my criticism because the style of segment is also copy and paste. Like, should I do that from now on? (laughs) Just copy and paste my own criticism because it's the same stuff happening. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, but then we fast forward to the main event. Nikki Cross versus Charlotte Flair in our third Champions Contenders rematch. And uh, oh, with a win tonight, you've got to believe Charlotte is in line for a Royal Women's Championship opportunity. (laughs) It's just as Biden said earlier, it's a Championship Contenders match. (laughs) <laughs> you're, oh, you crazy, Bayern. Oh, with your maverick thoughts. <laughs> you crazy. And But this one, a championship contenders match. This was the third of the night because this was the gimmick this week. And if they're having rematches, is it going to exist next week? Normally these things last about... If they, don't, if they only last one week, if they last further than that, this type of thing is like two or three max. And then it bends because it's a really weird idea that doesn't really help anything. <laughs> but... If you cross over Mr. Charlotte Flair being a championship contenders match, it doesn't make any sense because uh, the triple threat is already booked. Hooray! The gimmick for this show couldn't even maintain its own premise for one night. <laughs> like, mate, if you have the same if if you have to name the thing, this is a championship challengers match. Not contenders match, <laughs> challengers match. Like if you want to call it contenders then it contradicts how you've used the term throughout the rest of the show. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's like, that's both a part of it. If you want to call it contenders, that's perfectly fine. However, how that word was used for the other two matches, then it contradicts the usage here <laughs> within, the same sh- within the same show. <laughs> the name contradicts itself. It's like, oh, amazing. Fant- fantastic stuff. And... Yeah anyway Again I've got no problem With them calling it Contenders match It's just that It Contradicts the other usage of it So <laughs> it's just, what is this <laughs> Anyway Charlotte Flair Main event's four for the second week in a row Thumbs up To be fair The star power on this show Is so low Like who else would they have In the main event like, Look at the other feuds Who else is main eventing Aside from I don't know Do you main event with Bobby Lashley And MVP Just accepting Goldberg's offer Because like who who's gonna come out and jolt the energy into that segment? They haven't got they haven't got Goldberg here. John Cena was on on a dark match for some reason. But Charlotte Flair is easily the absolute biggest star that they have got. on am of like Raw for on the main Raw roster. So not bringing anybody in. There's a reason they've brought people in. And yeah, the absolute slight on the men because the women's division not but well. Uh, 50-50 booking striking again immediately in this match. New champion Cross immediately loses <laughs> after Flair reverses a diving cross body. And I've written that as cross-body because she's Nikki Cross. <laughs> it's a great pun. Uh, a tad back and forth for eight minutes. Like, lots of Flair taunting and cross reversals beforehand. The story of Charlotte was in full control and Nikki, that underdog, overshooting out of her depth. However, it doesn't click with her superhero stuff. But that hits an absolute peak. Actually, this is the perfect place to talk about that. After the match, Flair runs her confidence uh, to the interviewer. Uh, Nikki, the almost superhero, is positive as she proved she could almost beat Flair. That's not exactly a champion talk. <laughs> not exactly. Uh, challenging Flair to a rematch, because of course she does. It's Monday night. Uh, before getting beaten up by Charlotte to end the show, and it's just that her whole thing is positive. just like proving that she, she's not she is not a superhero. She's almost a superhero if only she could prove to herself and the WWE universe just to build up that confidence that she is the champion. So not the champion, that she is a superhero. The issue is that she's the champion. That's the the main the main issue with this. This all of that character work doesn't work if they're the champion because the story there. In terms of if she had to prove herself as the champion because she doesn't feel like that she's worthy of the position yet, that means that she is an unworthy champion. And it comes across her in here. And then she she's got a lot of fluke victories going up to Money in the Bank to build her as this entity. Kind of. <laughs> it's what when people said that she was kind of a like lower-level, newer, slightly comedic-y thing. The comedicness is more the outfit, I guess. Uh, it's a, it's a little bit silly. However. In terms of why she's dressed like that, she has given us reason. However, all of her wins have been, like, fluky, sudden, like, surprises that have ended in celebration. She hasn't convinced anyone anything, and even at Money in the Bank, that was kind of played into there. So the actions aren't matching the words. (laughs) The actions are telling us of a kind of wrestler who is fluking her way up the ladder, and now is at the peak as champion, but... The actual words she's saying are all about proving yourself. Uh, If I could only just prove to myself that I have got the confidence to do this. To which immediately I'm just like, why the hell did this character cash in money in the bank immediately? Everything about this character screams that she holds on to that case because she's not got that confidence. She doesn't believe... She's not proved to herself that she's a superhero yet. She's not there yet. So her immediately cashing in the briefcase. (laughs) It's just... That's because that's what they do. But yeah, but... What about this specific character? <laughs> that's another thing with Raw. Like, so, um, I guess it's WWE actually overall. There's a lot of actions that happen because that's how stories, their stories are told. That's like, I use stories loosely. That's how their arcs happen. However, there's no regard for the specific character that's doing the thing. Which is often why things don't feel unique. They feel like, oh, this is the beat that you do to get to this bit. Um, hence why I could understand AW being jarring because they've got their own completely different ways of trying to tell stories, and it's not always blatantly in your face, but that's, that's not what i are talking about here. Is in, they tell the beats differently. And in WWE, we are used to, this is how you tell this story, because they, for the past, until the past few years, they were wrestling. You say wrestling, they you think WWE, because WWE are wrestling, and they had been for, what was it, like 16, 17 years, they were wrestling. I can't remember when they debuted. 2019, yeah. <laughs> so for 18 years they were wrestling. So it's understandable that there'll be people out there. who's like, well, this is how you do that story because that's that's the only way they saw it done. And I can understand why other methods might seem a bit jarring. But then I I watch Raw and I go, no, I'm right. <laughs> like especially we do we talking you're like we're not we're not we're not just wrestling. We're not just it's sports entertainment. We tell, we tell stories, we've got narratives, we've got uh, characters with depth, and just long-term fans just laugh. <laughs> well, me specifically, not all long-term fans, I've been putting a blanket over it. I don't really want to do that. Me specifically, I laughed at that. <laughs> it's just like, you don't know how to tell stories. They're like, you've got your methods of doing it, but like in every other medium on TV, they do it better. Like if you want a good story, Watch a watch a drama or <laughs> a T V show. <laughs> the way WWE tells their stories is crap. And now you've got AEW, who essentially are a wrestling company telling stories better, having character arts kind of last it's seemingly to the New Japan idea where their character arts last their careers and rather that like if one one beat happens, you don't immediately forget it then move on. You it carries through. Like the fans have memories and it plays off of fans remembering things, especially in the social media age. This is something that Marvel have picked up on. <laughs> like in terms of WWE, it's like, oh, we can't do it in case like fans forget and all the movie. It's quite difficult. To, like, you can't always be calling back stuff. Like, have you watched a Marvel movie? <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah, so was that main point of... I mean, the main, main things as well, like with Loki, with WandaVision, that like how hot they got by, and the, I guess, the community on YouTube as well, like explaining the hidden things behind stuff. And like going back to comics, what they're referencing it's like this is whole industry that's probably like a smaller bubble but like people do remember these things and like marvel on a mainstream level have proved you can have this entity that's multiple years long and the fans will remember and do we, do we haven't learned that lesson yet or or it's like they sometimes will hint that we remember but then the actual writing of the show it's not there and that's, I feel like that's a key difference between AWW And these are all things WWE can do in their own style of writing. <laughs> I'm not saying this as a, oh, this is oh always oh, again being an A-W mark. It's like, no, these are all things WWE can do tomorrow, but they choose not to. It's, it's, it's a weird one. I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't get it. Um, there's a lot of choices just kind of seemingly done in spite to get a reaction, a certain reaction to create a certain moment. But like Nikki Cross last week, catching that in, that was a moment. However, it doesn't serve her character at all. So if WWE's the land of moments, then congratulations. If you watch WWE for those moments, you got one last week with Nikki Cross becoming uh, the War Women's Champion. But however, the, the character part of it isn't being served. And long term, you're, you're gonna see it in the SummerSlam match. Where Nikki Ash is just going to, or Ash she's just going to feel like a nothing entity even though she's champion when going across against Ripley and Flair. They're the real feud here. She's a nothing thing. Yeah, Anyway, I need to move on. I spent way too long on that. <laughs> it's half past. I, to... I knew because I felt, I felt rusty. I felt like I didn't like, what is the mindset I get into these shows? It's been so long. <laughs> but uh, I knew I'd ramble. Anyway, it's blasting the rest of the show. I have written notes on them. So, the United States Championship contenders match number one. Sheamus vs. David Priest. I've got too much into that. Ooh. Reverse. Call Holly Valance. <laughs> R-E-V-E-R-S-A. <laughs> so, yeah, Seamus versus Damien Priest in a United States Championship Contenders match. The new thing for tonight, matches against the champions being classed as Championship Contenders matches. I guess as a way trying to give gravitas to the kind of a match that they have been booking for years anyway. <laughs> this is... Oh, yeah. Oh, and this is the first. It's when we heard it. Byron saying, oh, man, if Priest can get a win tonight, you've got to believe that it'll be in line for the United States Championship opportunity. So, and I'm just like, oh... What in the United States Championship contenders match? Oh, you, you madman, Byron! <laughs> you madman! <laughs> it's like oh, the the fighting for the commentators is sometimes, uh, you know, it's in the shit house, <laughs> in the shit house. <laughs> the rest of it, uh, a perfectly fine match. Like I get the, when the wrestlers are allowed to go out and do their stuff. Unsurprisingly, it bangs. Uh, a great bit. There were lots of little notes in this match that I loved. It's fantastic to see Seamus get to have these kind of matches in front of fans as well but uh, a great little bit with uh, Priest kicking the mask off the Irishman to a great pop, uh, which led to an awesome near fall after, after Seamus climbed to the chop, top in a panic to quickly try and win the match, but got caught and mighty chokes down while standing on the top rope. So, oh, that was, that was fantastic. Uh, quickly in, in running into a great strong back and forth run of strikes and another strong near fall, which is our finisher setup for the champion. But Priest beats it. (laughs) Rolled into the apron for a kerfuffle and shortly after caught Seamus in the reckoning. Finished on match and I was watching it just thinking this is like the best that Damien Priest has looked in a while. And you know what? After that, you've got to believe that Priest is in line for the United States Championship opportunity. (laughs) It's just, oh oh dear, you've got to believe it. Uh, uh, Speaking of opportunities, we've got a Royal Tag Team Championship rematch. It's Monday night. It's rematch time, and my favourite part part about this was last week when we were going into the main event rematch of Charlotte Flair versus Ray Ripley. Uh, They announced the rematch of the Royal Titan Championships. (laughs) I just loved that. It was no sense of irony or anything. Just uh, uh, before we get into this rematch, we've got to announce the next week there is going to be a rematch. And they did the reverse this week. They gave us Charlotte. I mean, it wasn't a rematch in Flair versus Char, uh, Sorry, Nikki Cross versus Charlotte Flair. Although well, technically, does catching in money in the bank count? Oh, I'm willing to let it slide. <laughs> that's, that's picking up fine hairs. It's not quite worth it. But with with Charlotte Flair, sorry, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair, Nikki Cross, then immediately afterwards, like the rope, the kind of the hook for next week is we are getting a rematch. When the hook before the champ main event last week was. We're getting a rematch. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's, ah, no sense of self-awareness with it. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, surely, surely, like, though, all of this is an awful tact in audience retention. Like, the opposite of a must-see show as you've likely already seen it before. (laughs) I don't understand it. In modern-day WWE style, the wrestling itself is done by some top-notch wrestlers, like having ourselves a decent little wrestle. Uh, the Vikings, with a barrel full of tactics, trying to adapt to a dynamic of the tag champs. And by a barrel full of tactics, I mean loads of different ways to keep the big man from doing big man things. Uh, doing everything they can to keep him at bay. Ultimately, they failed. <laughs> uh, Twitter reminded me AJ Styles is 44 years old as he hits a 450 like a man half his age. So, like, oh, like, I, I, can't, I can't do a forward roll. <laughs> He's out there doing that. Are amazing. are uh, Anyway. Drew McIntyre versus Veer was up next, with Jinder Mahal and Man in Suit. Uh, and my, again, another little detail, uh, Drew's entrance, that's, that's what he does, he stabs the sword in. That's what he does, he got all worked up about Jinder stealing his sword and then destroying the sword. He's like, oh, you destroyed your sword, I'm going to destroy you! And he comes out this week, he's just got a new sword. <laughs> Feud over, <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> Turns out he's doing all right. He can just buy a new one. <laughs> End of. It's like, oh, well, here I was thinking we were in for like a multi-month thing. And now he just bought a new sword. <laughs> just avoided all of it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Mahal introduces Man in Suit as an attorney uh, to sue Drew for choo chewing up Shanky with a chair last week. And of course, Drew refuses the alternative of an apology. Uh, wrestler playing off the crowd strikes again. And oh, in these moments, I don't care if the show is a bit crap. Like, having fans back feels so amazing. And, yeah, I'm still in that zone. Novelty is not worn off. Uh, the Scott getting a Drew is going to kill you chant going to lead into his big boy bout. A decent star versus lucky match. Like, very... Like, sorry, Via with more offense than you'd expect. Getting to impress a tad before being tossed around and claymored in the face. Kind of. Uh, via bringing a chair into the ring... Drew nailing a Claymore, sending said chair into the man's face for a disqualification. A DQ. Is, is, we, oh, by the way, it was a DQ victory for Drew McIntyre. <laughs> it's quite quite something. So this was a DQ. This isn't always a DQ, but it was a DQ here. It's like, inconsistency in your world's rules is... When it's shit. claim <laughs> uh, Claymore to the attorney to send everyone out happy. It's like, hey, wrestling fans and crowds, they love counting down. <laughs> they love counting. If there's one thing that we love. Oh, if you've been in a math class and you've been like, oh, what's the point of me learning all of these numbers? Well, if you've ever been to a wrestling show, <laughs> oh, we love our numbers. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And it's one of those, when I say weird endings, it's a plot point serving ending which doesn't really pay any mind to any established world-building rules, which is world-destroying. Uh, uh, negative. Mm, down. <laughs> down from Simon Miller. <laughs> it's down. It's a down. It doesn't sound like that. I am Simon Miller in a gritty sitcom. A <laughs> WWE Women's Tag Team... You get gritty sitcoms? WWE Women's Tag Team Championship Contenders match Natalia and Tamina versus Eva Marie and Dewdrop. And, oh, yay, it's one of those prestigious championship contenders matches. Oh, man, I love this completely fresh, unique style of booking that's completely new in spite of it being exactly how WWE've been booking anyway with a name slapped on it. <laughs> oh, it's so fresh. Uh, unfortunately, Natty suffering a potentially serious ankle injury a minute in halted whatever plans of momentum this match had. Uh, the Viper display, we did get to see it as we saw her amazing wrestles before Eva's incredibly shit pin cover. <laughs> so my immediate thought is, if this is on purpose, this is amazing. If it isn't on purpose, this is God awfully bad. <laughs> They're the two sides. <laughs> the Eva Marie kind of way that he's wrestling here. It's like, if that, if, it's just a little thing. And I was just like, oh my word. That, that is, like, I, I don't normally pick up on this sort of thing. I'm, I, I'm happily ignorant when it comes to the kind of tiny little beats and way you do things investing. If something's a little off, I don't normally mind. I don't really care for. I don't botches don't me from anything. I can have a little chuckle and I can carry on. It's perfectly fine. This stuck out on me like a sore thumb. <laughs> and I was I was like, if if this pin cover is on purpose, then I absolutely love it because of how much it will piss people off because of how bad it looked, uh, like just how a little dainty just. Kind of like a bed sheet. It's <laughs> just taintedly covering. and uh, If that is on purpose, then I absolutely love it. However, <laughs> I just need to... <laughs> just like, uh, I did watch Evelyn Vessel before she left. This isn't out of nowhere. I've watched her Vessel since she's returned. This isn't out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, I thought I'd bring that up. Anyway, uh, I'll give this a positive. A Lily Lucian on the Titan TitanTron for the distraction. And a super kick from Tamina retains before helping Natty hobble to the back. It's one of those where, oh, wouldn't a Dewdrop easily just have, like, remained strong and kind of won that for her? Does it make sense for Dewdrop to not get involved? But my take on it is, uh, injury happened. Whatever story they had planned, oh, this is like a quick fix. Whatever they're doing here, they're hoping that the distraction is enough to kind of make you forget that Dewdrop was on a kind of momentum roll. That's absolutely fine, given what happened. Absolutely fine. Like, no qualms whatsoever. Keith Lee versus carrying cross. Speaking of qualms, <laughs> let's get into it. This, is, this did not go down well on... This is one of those that's generated a conversation on Twitter of, I guess, two lower-down-the-card guys facing each other, and obviously one losing isn't great, but the other one winning is stronger. I saw somebody bring up the example of over the icy title when it was rock and stone cold. Both two guys with momentum building up, to which I say... You're comparing somebody, like a championship match. Yes, they were kind of slower down the card at that point. A championship match between two rising stars compared to a guy who lost on his debut this week and apparently was originally planned to also lose again this week <laughs> with a guy who's been off for months. After a strong debut, they had nothing for him and then he's been disappeared for months. Uh, apparently for a legit reason. Um, I guess thoughts with you, Keith Lee, it, uh, whatever, whatever it is, I don't know at this point. But for and then he's back here. Losers on his return. Yes, against the WWE champion, but he did lose, and then he loses again here to Kevin Cross. These are not the same things you're comparing, my <laughs> my friend. <laughs> These are not the same things. These are two acts who have just returned and kind of need to get the kind of rolling on the tracks. And Keith Lee kind of losing like this. He got a big return, then he's immediately putting over Kevin Cross. Is he leaving? <laughs> is it like this quickly is he what, uh is he, is he going is that what's like i can see out his contract and leave it's a it's an interesting one these are like meant to be a rematch in an assumed i assumed a battering of jeff hardy but apparently no he's gonna lose again so maybe he does him and then he loses the story to get Gary cross over as an act is to have him lose in spite of him getting more angry he loses me no comprende. <laughs> Instead, Keith Lee steps up to take another loss upon his return. Just watching two lads seemingly primed for success, only to be changed and damaged upon their call-ups regardless. Like, Cross, booked as a killer in NXT, introduces a loser to the main roster. <laughs> Keith Lee had to just fight to be, like, to just be him after his, like, generic rock theme introduction. Like, strong debut, paired with the choice to hide his uniqueness. It's like... <sighs> Like, big boy Keith just mows through Cross in this match, though. <laughs> just having all of the offence before the bald baddie na- nailed a Saito, charging forearm and choked him out for the win. He John Cena'd this match, carrying <laughs> Cross. Uh, yeah, an-, an odd one. Like, Cross gets his 50-50 win back. So oh, so he's made he's roster, suddenly main roster now. But he got destroyed for the majority of the match. So not exactly killer. Uh, we'll see next week if he uses this momentum to, like, Maintain some form of destruction, or the more likely scenario, a rematch. I'm sensing it. Lee versus Cross rematch before you then have Jeff Hardy return across losers to Jeff Hardy. And it's 50 50, so Crowdy Cross is losing next week. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Oh, I'm predicting it now. Predicting it now. All right, speaking of talents with potential broken on arrival, it's Mason T. Ooh, ah, talking about animals. They've been, animal, been to the zoo again this week. Mustafa Ali and Mansour were their opponents. And, oh my God, an amazing spin kick from Dijak, paired with an incredible sale by Ali. Uh, sorry, uh, I mean t bard not Dijak. <laughs> that's why nerdy kind of... I've had to adjust to his name multiple times. Dijak, then I saw his name in NXT, started calling him Dijakovic, because that's how Croatian names are pronounced over here in Europe. However... In America, American Croats present the. Because one thing about uh, what I've learned from Croatian, because uh, my mum happens to speak a little bit of Serbo-Croat, uh, every letter is pronounced. There is no way of changing how the letter is pronounced. Like different combinations, like over in the UK, you put a T with an H, mixed a N, it makes a, in English makes a th, th, th. Um, in Serbo-Croat, that sort of thing. If you different pairs don't change how the letter is pronounced. Um, seems to be seems to be the same with Serbocrat. However, they sound they they say the constants a lot harder. So his name over here would be Djakovic. However, in well, like Djokovic as well. That's another example. That's quite a strong a strong example. So Djakovic. However, on NXT it's Dijakovic <laughs> And my European brain will not turn it off. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, it hurts. Oh uh, yeah, then I've had to learn teabag. Oh, sorry, tea bar. <laughs> that's got, I, I've written teabag in my notes. <laughs> it's I've put, I've, that's a joke that I've held off on and I've watched loads of other people use it. Ah, uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, that spin kick and that sell from Ali were both incredible. It's like congratulations, you've got a response from me in this match that I didn't think I would care about at all, and immediately you've got a response out of me. Uh, like before I remember, I'm watching the cap. The crap gimmick in Mork tea bag. <laughs> it's that awful gimmick. Uh, this screamed four lads giving a really strong effort amongst creative that eh, kind of cares. Uh, Ali and Dajakovic with some magic chemistry whenever they did anything together. It's like it's not a pairing that I thought I'd need, but I absolutely love. it. Like, next week, if it's Raw. Give me rematch, City, because this is Raw. Give me. T-Bar versus Mustafa Ali, because they were fantastic together. Give them just like this here, because as, as in don't do as in this isn't me going. I would purposely like to see this. I'd like to see them get more time because I saw what they had to offer in this mini moment. as like that was fantastic. However, knowing it's raw, they'll give them two three minutes and a crappy finish. So, we'll <laughs> just do that. Just give them like no time to spare anything. That atmosphere of ah kind of cares it's like ah. Uh, we can't do what we want at WrestleMania, so we'll just do it on... Two- no one watches two or five Live. We can just have a banger there. Uh, uh, turns- the fact that that's what's actually a thing. It's like, uh, no wonder the matches were fantastic. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know what? I really enjoy the dynamic of Mustafa Ali saving his partner in anger at his naivety as well. I really enjoy the pairing of Ali and Mansoor as an actual tag team. I just assumed this would be a feud to get Mansoor over a bit more in time for the Saudi Arabia show, which seems to be confirmed for like early November, maybe late late October. I mean, albeit in terms of, you know, pandemic and all of those rules. <laughs> like, Saudi maybe one of those countries to do a full-on shutdown to the uh, like the neighbouring countries and everything. They, they were, yeah, they're they one of those that did a full-on shutdown. So if there is a surge, uh, I don't like WWE's chances of, like, actually getting into the country. Oh, that said, they'll probably open it up for the billion-dollar thing. <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, and they were going to do the boxing event early this year if it wasn't for an injury. I thought... So, yeah. Uh, but Mansour, I've, I've crapped on the Saudi Arabia deal before. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's quite a lot of red flags there. However, Mansour is an absolute shining beacon in all of this. A uh, absolutely fantastic get. And um, um, there's, there's so much to him and him getting to show off his, his like comedic chops as well. Like, Again, it's very dangerous to show to Vince that you can be funny because you can get pigeonholed. <laughs> you can be, you're that peg. Right, you're, you're going to be doing this forever now. Like, you can do that. However, dynamic dynam- between he and Mansour is uh, really, really strong and the comedic kind of playing off is working really well. This uh, this might be a really fun act, guys. <laughs> like, positives. Thumbs up. Mustafa um, Ali, as he's, he's making this one work, But I mean, he's got the thing of Saudi Arabia, like if Mustafa Ali's being trusted to get Mansoor kind of over in a degree for the Saudi Arabia show uh, to kind of help with that. uh, It's bloody working. It's it's bloody working. Uh, Anyway, WWE champion Bobby Lashley, SummerSlam answer. Goldberg returning last week in a reminder of WWE's failure in creating new star power to challenge the champion at SummerSlam. And he does move the needle, Goldberg. And I may complain, oh, they're bringing back an older guy again. It's like, well, yeah, because they haven't created any new stars, and this is the consequence of that. Like, this is, this is the uh, pro-wrestling Noah <laughs> situation. They haven't created any new... That's a nerdy kind of reference <laughs> point. But it's the... You haven't created any new stars, so you have to keep wheeling out the ones that got you popular in the first place. But you can only do that for so long. And uh, they haven't created any new stars. The difference with WWE, obviously, is their brand is a draw. So they can rest on that for a certain amount of time. They can rest longer because of the prestige that their name value has got. Uh, If you're playing Journey of Wrestling, your prestige bar is really high for WWE. For WrestleMania, it's off the scale. You can survive on that for years, but they're not creating any stars. So like long-term, they might be in trouble. <laughs> Not creating any new stars. Uh, I mean, Roman Reigns might be like the one guy they've got to kind of carry him through this era. And then I'm immediately like, well, we were concerned. They've only just got that now. <laughs> and Raw is in the tank. Oh dear. Uh, anyway, tangent, massive tangent. I realised I wasn't being able to grab onto my points that strongly. <laughs> so maybe just cut myself off before uh, I fall into the crapper. Uh, MVP wearing his THB chain. And it's good to know that, that was probably a little bit of foreshadowing, just showing that union of the Hurt Business is great. Why did you split us up, guys? Why did they sp- break up that act again? Uh, speaking of, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin both had a few words for the champion after noting the audacity of Porter ranting about respect. And we'd be setting up a triple threat, Arr! But yeah, I liked the uh, MVP wearing the Hurt Business chain. Yeah, maybe was a little bit of foreshadowing because they had a Hurt Business segment. And we've got Bobberly Lashers versus Cedric Alexander versus Shelton Benjamin. Big champion smash. You've got to make the champion strong for Goldilocks at SummerSlam. Uh, Lashley sending a message with a spear and a jackhammer. Nice. uh, To Benjamin before slamming Alexander down on top of him with the Dominator. In case you didn't know, we're in for like a two to four minute dash of power at SummerSlam. In case you didn't know that. Lashley's putting on primers for us to know, As in, the way he is wrestling in these dominant flash matches, that's what you're getting at SummerSlam. That's what you're getting. Uh, And we've got two more segments as well. Uh, A little note as well, I number the in-ring segments whilst I'm doing this. It's just for me, for this review. Uh, And something that I've tracked is, every show that feels a bit longer, the in-ring segments goes into double digits. More often it's over 10. So sometimes 10 can be fine, but you might feel a little bit longer. It means that you've had shorter segments earlier in the night, and quite often, if you progressively have those, it makes the show feel quite long. It's something that works perfectly fine for a shorter show, but for three hours, you do start to feel it. (laughs) And uh, I will say that's kind of what happened here. 11 in-ring segments, that's in-ring as well, excluding uh, anything backstage, and that's quite a lot of in-ring segments. And for a three-hour show, that's a little bit kind of fatiguing, but it's not the worst. We've had higher. (laughs) We've had way... I think I've hit 14, 15 one week, and I was like, this is just ridiculous. (laughs) Just rapid-fire bullshit. (laughs) It's all over. Anyway, Riddle versus John Morrison versus the... Oh, sorry, with The Miz. is up next? Uh, Drippy drip, moistness, and all that. Uh, Reminding us that Miz and Morrison were first champions... Fourteen years ago, <laughs> good God! <laughs> it's like oh, it's good that this is like a like a like a relevant thing to now. Is the the fourteen years ago that they became champions? Yeah, they've been becoming champions for that long. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, there's a massive in between portion, and they did they did win the championships over on SmackDown, didn't they? Before they came over, uh, anyway. Yeah, 14 years ago and now they're being built up as contenders again. Well, oh, to be fair, it's RK okay, Bro, but I don't know because we've Randy Orton out. They're doing a whole story of Riddle. Orton must be fine to come back given what happened after this match. So, unsurprisingly, first off, Riddle and Morrison, great together. Jomo, John Morrison, <laughs> delivering a low-key banger of a year in the ring. Like, he's up there, personally. He's having fantastic matches and some people may have to Put his character and dialogue says on the show to the side, <laughs> but no, like in ring wise, he's having a banger year. Uh, Riddle, like strong in the comedy as well. Uh, I personally didn't mind when he kicked Miz backwards, uh, laying him on his back before laying his own back to mock him, waggling his arms and legs like a turtle. And uh, my judging point was how the crowd reacted, and yeah, they reacted positively to it. Uh, AJ and Omos out to act upon a plan they set up with Miz and Morrison before the ad break, a devious plan. A cunning plan. A plan so complicated it needed a team talk to organise. A plan to have Omos Slap Riddle's scooter in a distraction. Oh put a brick on it! <laughs> put a brick on it. Amazing. Uh oh, yeah. Um Morrison hitting an incredible Razor's edge into an inside go to set up startship pain off of it. AJ with the Styles Clash after as the crowd chanted, Randy, Randy, Randy. Going for that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, apparently something's disconnected for me. So hopefully it's all fine. Uh, I'm, video seems to be working fine. Anyway, AJ with the Styles Clash. And we get our Randy segment. And it's successfully connected. Yes. <laughs> hopefully I've not dropped out in a little bit. I'm not, I'm not covering that match again. <laughs> I'm going on long enough as it is. Uh, but yeah, so... Were setting up shortly, getting the crowd wanted to chant for Randy to get him to come, like surely phrasing Matthew <laughs> to get him to <laughs> return to the show. And they, uh, they're doing that well, like with the Charlotte Flair playing off the Becky stuff. That's also building up to the return really well. Same thing here, get, getting the crowd to chant for Randy. They absolutely nailed it. This segment worked to a T. And uh, next week, can you get into it? Summer Slam is a. I mean, Summer sounds like late August, so you have got time. You can kind of delay him for like another week if you want to, because we know as soon as we return, we're just getting like one-on-one matches. We're getting AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I'm like, I'm fine holding that off. <laughs> we don't need it. We're gonna get rid of AJ next week. We do It's not been announced, but it's happening surely. Like we don't need it. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, uh, this was a strong match with a segment that afterwards that absolutely nailed what it was trying to do. You got it from the crowd, chanting for Randy. It's good stuff. And finally, another role that I am happy with. It's R-Truth versus the new 24-7 champion, Reginald. This is how you use Reginald. (laughs) It's just... Like, that jump into the ring. Damn. That that jump out of the ring. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, is. It is the 24 7 title, though. So it's still a bit of comedy. The crowd didn't really care. They are pretty quiet. But that said, Reginald, every time he did something, got a reaction. Even if it was like silence. Ooh. Hot silence. Ooh. His uh, jump into the ring, possibly the coolest entrance I've ever seen. In terms of like running down doing a thing. Uh, my immediate comparison was Sin Caro, where he'd bounce off the trampoline and fly in. But here, uh, uh, that just felt so incredibly. He did the side spin, <laughs> side uh, amazing, a side tuck and flippy. uh yeah, amazing, yeah. Reginald in 24/7 champions era place. You've got a Cirque du Soleil champion holder, championship holder, and his the whole thing of the gimmick is about you can lose via pinfall at any moment. But he's a Cirque du Soleil guy. That like Cirque de Reginald flying all over, like. It's perfect for this ch- this championship, and it mixes it up. It, finally, we've had a 24-7 championship for ha- like two years now, two and a half years, and it's hitting on the same beat it was hitting on on week one. And that's just like, that's insane. It's not progressed at all. We're still in that exact same first beat. It's like, just either create something new or bin this t- championship. <laughs> it gives our truth something to do, I guess. Or something for a celebrity to come in and win, I guess. But there has been no next beat. <laughs> it's been the same beat for years. Uh, but Reginald feels fresh and a bit new, even if he's still doing stuff with R-Truth. And it's still R-Truth trying to get his baby back. Reginald like Reg- Reginald, brings something completely new to this scene. I'd like to see him kind of hold it for at least a little bit. Instead of giving it back to... In 2-24-7 Championship fashion. Like R-Truth's getting it back relatively soon. This is how I, I just expect it now. But I'd love to see Reginald hold on for a bit more. If anything, just to keep him away from Nia, Jackson, Shane and Basler, <laughs> Just away. Away. Uh, anyway, that's the final segment to talk about tonight. So, uh, yes. Modern Night Raw. Is it good now fans are back? Well, this title of this video. <laughs> Raw. Almost a shit house. <laughs> it's just... It's... It's... Yeah. Since fans have returned... Yeah, back into the back into the trunk, and they hit like going into Money in the Bank. You could sense some excitement from fans returning. There was some quality, like I was just saying. Like, yeah, you're looking at maybe like a five or six out of ten, rather than a like three or two, maybe four. Like, yeah, the the, the genuine improvement, genuine improvement. Ah, uh, anyway, I, I might have disconnected here, <laughs> so hopefully I haven't. But the podcast version will be fine. The YouTube version might just go away. Anyway. I'm going to end the show here. Uh, my name is Matt Mayer, aka The Implications. Follow me on Twitter at The damn Implicatus, Dumbs in Dam. Also, hoping to stream a bit more on Twitch at The Implications with two S's. Also, Vessel headlines for vesting headlines on Twitter and vesting headlines on Facebook. And also, with the final thing, I need to remember to plug, uh, I guess, the columns. <laughs> this isn't it. The columns over on. The Place well, they are on wrestlingheadlines.com. I did a New Japan for Wrestling column on Sunday. If you want to go read that, on the, the uh, grand slam in the Wrestle Dome thing, let's say who don't Jesus Christ, I'm tired. Uh, uh, I think that's it, I think that's everything I've put anyway. With that, I say thank you for watching. I bid you adieu. As my seemingly my quality jumps to the highest definition, it's been all night. <laughs> that's awesome. Internet just oh, I had a little blip, uh, anyway. I'll be back next Monday for the Raw review. Uh, again, trying to figure something out to get SmackDown covered. Uh, so, and NXT's just currently in, a no-go because of my current family situation. So I try not to. I can't, really, I can't really knacker myself to do all these streams. Anyway, with that, I say thank you for liking, watching, engaging in any form in any manner. You can hit me up on Twitter and all that stuff. Always fully down to chats and whatever. I'll be back next Monday for Monday Night Raw. Fingers crossed... It's not a shithouse. house. <laughs> this is a, this, that's my barrier. That's my bar. I've not cared about the swearing this week. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Ta-ra! Ta-ra, duck, ta-ra. Ten. Ten.